Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of The Return of the Roar. Chris Watkins here, and sitting across from me, uh, he was recently, most recently spotted uh, in the Phoenix Suns arena, hitting a fan in the stands, and then proclaiming Suns in four correctly. Frankie Cardicelli. Frank, what a series. Gonna have dinner with Devin Booker and Kendall Jenner tomorrow night. Bro, I saw that. What a cup, like... I, yeah, I you mean, punch I it. You even, beat down a I'm guy sure, in yeah, public. Yeah, Suns and PR. Then, you worked for the kid, not like in PR or anything like that, but from an organization. Like, do you think the Suns are kind of like, hey, could you not? Like, hey, Devin, let's not reach out to the fan yeah. that beat, beat the living hell out of a Nuggets fan, and let's not, you know, let's not glorify it. But it was pretty, it was pretty damn funny yeah, to see that video. And then he, <laughs> I see a lot of tweets saying like the prophecy is true. Yeah. Like this, <laughs> him holding up the four fingers, sons and four. It is also, a pretty wild call. Like, yeah, oh, it, yeah. like I mean, granted well, he's a fan, obviously. Also, but. Egg on our face. I think we both. Yeah. I think I know we both picked Denver <laughs> to win the series last week, and it hasn't even been a full week really since yeah. that episode came out. And the Suns are already on Washed. a little mini vacation. They get a week and a half off at least, and there is waiting for the Clippers and Jazz to finish beating the hell out of each other. So, Yeah, it's looking good for Phoenix. I do want to take it back to that video real quick. Isn't it? the My favorite part of that video is how the uh, the Jamal Murray jersey. Which one? There's like several, isn't there? Yeah, I, I think it was in Phoenix. The main, so think, the yes, main the guy, dude, though. The, the main dude one. who like acts like he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing anything. And then like throws a little. Yeah, it little... was just like the worst fake i've ever like he really tries to be like i'm not gonna do anything and then like leaps at him gets his face city of in. denver just taking l's it's just, it's yeah, just really it really was a spectacle That's tough. Really i mean like see <laughs> let's uh, the, could you imagine it, I mean, yeah for those who haven't seen it you should definitely just, ty- guess, just yeah. type in suns nuggets fan fight <laughs> honestly type in suns in four and see if it pops up yeah that's what, uh if that had happened to a king's fan how absolutely sad will we be right now like that would be the ultimate just like oh man like, slap in the face yeah, we we literally get a guy who who gets his face beat in the team gets their face beat in and uh here we are i, I can only imagine i wasn't in the stands for the o2 series against the lakers no. but i could i could i would imagine there were fights in the, in the stands for the o2 i would say at Kings, least lakers. one i'd say multiple <laughs> Kings and Lakers yeah. at Arco, I get to see people scrapping in the in the concourse. Well, you know, Laker fans are so well behaved and they are never never obnoxious. About Very well their behaved. The interest. most unobnoxious uh, franchise, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, fan base I would in sports. Say, I would probably say Lakers them, are. Yeah, them and the Yankees are probably the, shut up. <laughs> the, the most well behaved. Oh yeah, should we talk about that? Should we talk about uh, spin rate, Frankie? No, no you I don't do want you have talk. any? Do you have any answers for that? Do you have? Spider <laughs> tag. Uh, no, baseball no, okay. uh, baseball is not very fun for me right now. The Yankees stink. All you Bay Area fans out there, I hope you're enjoying the A's and yeah, Giants, man. Gracious. A's and Giants, that's fun. It, it's fun to watch those guys. I mean, it'd be fun uh, for a Bay, a Bay Bridge series, obviously. The yeah. Giants and A's played next week, I think, which is going to be super exciting. I kind of want to go check that out. Um, but, yeah, all I'm really watching right now because my Yankees stink, playoff basketball, but as we know – we have business to attend to on the Kings front. Our positional breakdowns, shooting yeah. guards. Yep, we have gone through, if you haven't listened, uh, we have gone through small forwards, power forwards, centers on the team uh, from last year, done a season in review, uh, done a season preview for next season, how we how we see uh, next season going if we think 
they'll be on the team next year, and then we give them a grade for how they've done. We did forget. I don't know if we're going to – are we going to do Lewis we, King? Lewis King. We forgot to do him in the small forwards. I had him categorized as a shooting guard. That's Late 10-day addition. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's – it, he's – no offense to Lewis King. He's forgettable. You're – that's a little offensive. It's a little offensive. Uh, that's like saying, <laughs> like, house, no offense, you're trash. He's bought a house yeah. in Sacramento. He did. He did just buy a house in Sacramento, so it does seem like he showed some stretch. I mean, this, this No, is, he looked – I is, think he looked This is carryover from the small four episode because Lewis King, he there did play go. about 70% of his time at small forward. So a little love for Lewis King. He did play most of his time at small forward this year. He was a, a very uh, streaky shooter in his short time with the Kings. I could see him on a two-way deal next year. He had one good game, I think, for us. Yeah, I think it was like the it was against, last game. Yeah, yeah, I think he had like 30 points, didn't he? <clears throat> he did. Uh, against Memphis. He, uh, yeah, it was in the not Justin James game. Um, yeah, so, you know, Lewis King showed something. Uh, he's he's really got long arms. He's six seven. Uh, again, a kind of, you know, a, a may, potentially a very telling signing from Monty McNair of what kind of player he likes. Uh a, a versatile stretch wing. Um, I, I'm interested to see what Lewis King can bring. Obviously, like we just said, he, he's been able to put up points uh, in his limited amount of games for us, but I, I, I'm intrigued. Yeah, in his last two games, he he didn't play more than 11 minutes for the Kings over uh, the first couple games, but the last two games, he had 34 minutes, uh, scored 27 points, had nine rebounds against Memphis, then the last game of the year, played 28 minutes, had 12 points on a 41% shooting from the field. Made two or three threes. Yeah, he's streaky, and we don't know what the the guard rotate. We're about to go through the shooting guards in a moment, but you know, if Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, and Terrence Davis all return next season, even if two of those three return, uh, it's going to be tough for him to get minutes at the small forward or shooting guard spot. You know, depending on if they want to run him at the two or three. He's six seven. He could play both. Uh, Harrison Barnes, I'd imagine, will be back next year pending a big trade, um, but that could change any time. So it kind of comes down to, in the rotation, do you want to run with Bob Woodard or Lewis King? That's the question. Um, but, hey, Summer League, I'd love to see what he has in the tank, and, and I think the Kings will kind of go from there. They kind of have a knack for uh, letting guys run through Summer League, and then they kind of decide on giving them a two-way or, or a training camp invite. So I'd expect him to at least get a training camp invite because you saw that he bought a house in Sacramento. Yes. So I yeah. imagine he's not going to be – he's going to be here for at least – training camp in the fall yeah um and potentially you know spends the season in stockton maybe as a two-way player um, or maybe he's just you know the an end of the bench guy for for the kings this year he i wouldn't expect him to realistically get any minutes or maybe some some spot five minute stretches or something yeah. like that throughout the season but uh yeah you know again intriguing guy I don't know. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I guess him and him and uh, Robert Woodard will probably scrap for minutes, like the, those end of forward. Rotation we'll see him minutes. in summer league, and yeah. we'll go from there. Yeah, so, pretty much. Uh, on to the, small, the shooting guards. Uh, do you want to start with Buddy, or do you want to start at the bottom? Let's start with Buddy. We'll start with Buddy, the biggest yeah. imposing figure, the biggest chess piece of the off like, of the off season. Yes. Uh, arguably is what are the Kings going to do with Buddy Heald. Obviously, I think if it was up to the Kings, they would move him and free up the $23, $22 million to salary he's going to have on the books this year. But that's a lot easier said than done, as we know. So, Buddy Heald's season, uh, just in you know hindsight, was, was, I'd say, a pretty good one, all things considered. He averaged 16 points per game, 
4.7 rebounds, uh, which was pretty decent as a, as a shooting guard. Career high in assists per game, 3.6. Uh, from the field, he kind of dropped off a little bit, 40% from the field. Three-point shooting, a slight drop-off, 39%. Free throws, he's a good free throw shooter, 85%. Um, it's just the defense still isn't there. Uh, the shooting was a lot more streaky this year than it usually was. But all of, in all, I think he had a better season as a basketball player because he was doing more rebounding, doing more things we hadn't seen him do before, like make some passes. He had several games with seven, eight assists. Uh, that's something we have never seen before. So um, when it comes down to his trade value, maybe this off, maybe this past season boosted it a little bit in the fact that he, he proved he's not just a spot up. He's not Kyle Korver. Like he's not just only a shooter. He can rebound and pass the ball a little bit. And while it wasn't always the best passes, he was kind of sloppy at times. It just I saw more good than bad in those areas, but still the defense is horrible. So, yeah, it's hard for me to separate Buddy's contract from Buddy the player, but I'm going to try and do it because I think his contract is such a big reason why he is kind of talked about the way he is because he is really burdened with too much responsibility here. I mean, if, again, like if you just take contracts out of it and you put Buddy Heald on a playoff team, you put him on the, I keep putting him on the Sixers, but let's put him on, let's put him on Milwaukee. So you put Buddy Heald on Milwaukee. He's not being asked nearly, he's he's going to be asked to essentially just be a shooter. And I think here in Sacramento, we need him to be our second or third option. And frankly, if you're going to ask Buddy Heald to be your second or third option, you're going to get him to do a little bit more than he probably should. And uh, I think that affects his numbers. I think he's a very, very good player. I just think at the moment he's for what he's being, and I'm going to bring his contract into it for what he's being. You tried your best. Yeah, I try. I, I really, really tried. You tried your best. But and I, I sound like a broken record here for what he is being paid. You can find his skill set. I mean, he he's essentially a Terrence Davis, a spot up shooter who I'm in an ideal role. He's a spot up shooter who you know can also move the ball around, and I I think he is just trying too hard to be a secondary ball handler. What? And I don't th- again, I don't think that's his issue. I don't think that's his problem. I just think. You for what you need him to do, you can get that for six, seven, eight yeah. million dollars. Scoring is Seth Curry. Scoring is an option, uh, an option, a problem for the Kings. So we need a, a guy who's going to come out and play, be a ball stopper. We need a guy in that in those minutes, like a yeah. Matisse Thybul, Marcus Smart, Tyrese Halliburton, yeah. a guy Someone who's who going to bring something else, bring something else to the yeah. table because scoring is not a problem. And a guy we're going to talk about who is very similar to Buddy Heald's skill set is Terrence Davis, who. Mm-hmm is a streaky shooter, uh, makes some questionable moves sometimes that result in turnovers. But uh, Terrence Davis makes, I think, $1 million, $1.8 million. It's significantly less yes. than what Buddy Heald made. Is and- Terrence Davis a worse player than Buddy Heald? Okay, well, that, I won't even phrase it like that. Is Terrence Davis's production going to ever reach Buddy Heald's production? Maybe not. The same pro- I would Probably. say I would say definitely Definitely. Not. I mean, he's not, gonna be, he's not yeah. as good as a, ba- a shooter exactly. as Buddy exactly. Heald, no. But to your point, he's being paid a twentieth of the price. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's just math. a matter of yeah. We're not a math podcast. We're not math guys. But I know that math. You do, and uh, it's just I I again like I don't really have much issue with Buddy the player. I will not say that. 
because I feel like the automatic response when you say Buddy's overpaid is, "Hey, man, shooting's never been more valuable." Like you, Buddy is one of the best, whatever. However you want to say it, he's one of the best five to ten uh, shooters in the league, and you know that deserves a certain amount of money. I I just don't believe that for a team like the Kings that are still struggling to find their way, they should be one of the teams that is paying that skill that much money. Yeah, I mean, tip your cap to him. He's one of the best shooters in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made 282 threes this year. I think that's seventh all-time or eighth all-time on the most in a season. That's crazy. The game's evolving, though. We're going to see a lot more of those of those runs. Um yeah, I'm sure Trey Young is going to break every single yeah. buddy healed record there is. Steph, I mean, Steph is going to keep doing his yeah. thing. Dame Lillard, there's a lot of guys that are going to be coming up that are going to be, uh, you know, breeded into this. This, yeah. Just let it if you feel it. Let it leather, fly. It feels like leather. Let it fly. Like to quote uh, Jerry Reynolds. So, um, it just, it just comes down to what the Kings need, and and the Kings don't need to be paying a shooter that can't play defense $23 million right now for the next three seasons. It's just, it's just It can't happen. And unless Buddy makes significant upgrades to his defensive game, which I know he's trying. Mm-hmm. he He's trying. It's just it's not there. Um, he got better at rebounding the ball. He got better at passing the ball. Uh, it's just we need a difference maker in that mm-hmm. in that spot. And that's why Tyrese Halliburton is so valuable to the team. And, and making a move for – a player like a Marcus Smart or a Matisse Thybul, whether it means giving up Buddy or Harrison or Mar- Marvin, the Kings are, are going to need to make a move this offseason that is going to shake up that front spot, the front mm-hmm. the front court, yeah. I mean the back court, excuse me. Um, De'Aaron obviously is locked in as your franchise centerpiece. Uh, Tyrese is a guy you, you'd love to build behind uh, as, as a point guard, shooting guard combo who, if he puts on some size, he could be one of those stoppers the Kings need. He's He's already a better defensive player than most of the roster. Yep. Um, it just comes down to what are the Kings going to, how are they going to move him? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think the Kings are long for Buddy Heald, and I don't think Buddy Heald's long for the Kings either. They they seem to not, well, I mean, I saw Buddy Heald say on Instagram. I was Instagram, just going to say, Frankie, you posted yeah, a video yesterday. I, I tapped into <laughs> Buddy's Instagram live yesterday, and he, he was having fans on. I think he was having a couple of drinks and just feeling himself a little bit, uh, listening to some tunes. You could speculate. No, he, he was he was sipping on something, oh. listening to some tunes. I mean, it was, it's the off season. Big tune. It's summer. Big tunes. And this fan was like, "Hey, man, like, don't leave Sacramento. Like, if you're gonna leave, like, you know, just wait one more year. Like, one more year." And Buddy's like, "I'm not going nowhere, bro." Uh, <laughs> that's a very Buddy answer. That's everyone. I mean, yeah, but it, it's different to what he said before. I mean, he he could have said like, "Man, I don't know. Like, I don't know. If they, yeah. I don't know if they well, want it's me. It's not man. me, man. Like, like, I don't know if they yeah. want me, man. Like, that's. I feel like you'd be like, I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know if they want me. So." He's a wild card, but he's a wild card, especially you know he he has a great interviews. So his his post game yeah. press oh, conferences are always hilarious, the most fun to watch. So um, when it comes down to it, I'm, I'm going to give Buddy, I'm going to give him a B minus because from what we expect him to do, he which is shoot the basketball, he made more threes, he took more, but he missed more as well. So he shot a little worse. Defense still wasn't there. Um, but he provided the Kings what they needed, which was a guy to knock down threes for the most part. And um, I still think the Kings tried to move in this offseason. But, hey. Yeah, I like the B-minus grade um, because at the end of the season, he did get his numbers, which was questionable for a minute. I mean, especially halfway through the season, uh, Buddy did not look like the Buddy that we had seen in years past. He was shooting the ball. I think as poorly as he's he shot in his career, he was like at like thirty seven percent or something like that from three. 
and then the last month really of the season, but I think in total the last two, two and a half months after the All-Star break really, the man just absolutely caught fire. Unfortunately, that was kind of when the Kings played their worst basketball, so I don't know what that really what that really says, but um, you know, I th- I think Buddy showed that you know, again, like at the end of the day, he is a great shooter. He he will get his numbers regardless of of how it's looking at any point. It's just to your point earlier, he is an incredibly streaky shooter and I don't think we think of him or I don't think he wants to be thought of as I don't think any but he wants to be thought of as streaky. He's not a knockdown guy. He's not really a, uh, <clears throat> well, we haven't really, I, I don't have his spot up numbers in front of me, but uh, I feel like this season he took as little spot ups as he has um, at, in previous seasons. And he forced a little more of a shooter. for he sure. He definitely did. Um, and I'm also thinking back, I want to play devil's advocate on this because throughout the season, you and I would talk all the time about how Buddy is really the only shooter on the team. Uh, three-point shooter especially um, and you know the especially with the way basketball is heading now obviously we don't need offense yes but we do need shooting uh, and if you trade Buddy Heald obviously that is your best shooter that's the only guy who's going to give you more than probably three threes in a game um, maybe Tyrese can do that next year step up a little bit and hit hit two or three a game but when Terrence Davis is on he's on but when he's not he's not yeah exactly I just don't know if you get rid of Buddy and I know there were nights where Buddy was more detrimental as a shooter because he was really really hunting his shot as opposed to you know he would go one of seven one of eight for three um and so you know you could just I'm more saying if the Kings do get rid of Buddy Heald where where do they find their shooters that's gonna be on them to they're gonna have to replace it with you know, yeah. they'll, they'll replace him with a cheaper option, obviously. Because, uh, yeah, because I'm more they can't just not get any more shooters after that. No, that's something they're gonna have to. That's for money to, yeah. to figure out if, if they want to save money. I mean, yeah, keeping Buddy would be fine with me, but they have to make the money work somehow. Yeah, but that means we have to give up HB, which I don't know if I like the idea of keeping Buddy and letting HB go. Because we don't have a small forward to, to fill in for HB either yeah. to, to to guard those guys we talked about last week, guarding the KDs and the LeBrons and the, and the Paul Jordan. Yeah. We have no one else, so um, it's for my. It, it's going to be a very interesting offseason to see how he constructs the roster because Vladi paid these Didn't guys, and I mean, if you look at the guys that Buddy is not to bring his contract, I mean, it's just it's such a we can't overlook it. Yeah. Buddy healed this year. Made $24.4 million. That's more than Jalen Brown, Draymond Green, Harrison Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, Victor Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon, Zach Levine, Tim Hardaway Jr., Julius Randle, Aaron Gordon, Miles Turner, Bogey, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, Sabonis. The, the list goes on. It's just, it's not, it's not going to work if he doesn't produce like the guy is, gonna, mm-hmm. is supposed to be making $24 million. Yeah. And right now, that's not – he's not a $24 million no. player. I think he makes 22 It's declining. It's but declining. it's not – I mean, it's nothing significant. He's still in the 20s. I think he it gets th- low as 18 in his last yeah. year. But even then, it's like – The final year of his career uh, – career? Well, I don't think it'll be the final no, year of his career. I, I wouldn't think so. Hell no. Uh, $24 million this year, $22 million in 2021, 2022. Um, $20 million in 2022, mm. $18 million in 2023. Mm. So – Eighty-six million um, guaranteed. He has incentives mm. and stuff. I'm sure that's why he's letting it, letting it fly. But 
Mm. Um, <laughs> it comes down to can the Kings make it work with the money they have? Buddy, Marvin, or Harrison? Mm-hmm. Someone's got to go. This At least not also mentioning the Rashawn Holmes. Of Rashawn all. Holmes. Someone has to go. I mean, if they all three come back next Maybe season, two, even that's a problem. Yeah. So it just comes. It's not to bring up like a, it's like a Sophie's Choice kind of thing because I, I think people would more mm-hmm. so want to keep Harrison Barnes over Buddy, but. I don't know how Monty McNair sees Buddy Hill. Maybe he does value the shooting mm-hmm. more than what Harrison Barnes brings, and maybe they do try to bring back a cheaper option for small forward. But um point is they have to make the money work. So. They do, yeah. And uh, not a lot of wiggle room, honestly. I mean, no. there's there's only a certain amount of people that they can move. I mean, as we've said, it's kind of really between those three that are the most movable pieces. Um, potentially... If the Kings really, really wanted to swing for the fence, they would consider moving our next guy here. Don't you dare. Um, And we've talked about it a little bit. I think we talked about it with Jay or with Matt. Um, Tyrese Halliburton uh, obviously had a phenomenal rookie season, uh, probably the best rookie season season a King has had since Tyreek Evans. Um, I don't think that's controversial DeMar- to say. No, DeMarcus had an okay rookie year. Yeah. Uh, De'Aaron obviously had a very stunted rookie year. I think Bogey was okay in his rookie Bogey season. Bogey was fun his rookie year. I was, that's pretty much yeah. it, though. But Bogey yeah, was like there, a, 20, some debate. Bogey was like a 26 year old rookie, though. So, 25 year old rookie. Good so. point. Um, anyways, regardless, very, very promising season as Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, how many games did he end up playing this year? Uh, 58. The same, 58. Num- the same number as De'Aaron Fox. So he missed, he missed 14 games. Okay. It um, it definitely felt like a little – well, he, he they missed a lot of the end of the season, so that's probably yeah, why. And it definitely you, felt like more than that. Look, 13 points, three rebounds, five assists, uh, 47% from the field, 41% from three, 85% from the free throw line. He was flirting with 40, 50, 90. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was, the, in my opinion, the most like, – De'Aaron Fox, obviously, probably is the most exciting player on the Kings, but aside from De'Aaron – Tyrese was the most exciting player to watch this year. It's just we haven't seen a player come in with his kind of presence, uh, in my opinion, like in in over 15 years since the Kings were a playoff team. We haven't seen a guy come in with that type of of yeah. immediately when he would be on the floor. The King, they just seem like a better team. I would say Ron Artest probably yeah was probably the last player that I can think of that like really came in and I was like, oh, this guy's like like he's better than a lot of the people on the team like today like, yeah already he, and I, with the caveat that Tyrese had a shortened offseason had a shortened training camp didn't have a summer league and kind of was thrown in I wouldn't say he, thrown missed, half, into, he, he missed half of his last college season too he did as well yeah that's a great call and also was a shortened college uh experience because of COVID as well mm-hmm. um but came in to a pretty I don't know what you would call the Kings backcourt. Um, it was it's a good situation, I guess. Um, he he was able to find he wasn't forced into a role, which I think was nice. Uh, he was able to kind of find himself and eventually uh, really shined. Um, but do you think that Tyrese Tyrese's game works? hand in hand with Fox like everyone else does. I do. I mean, I I think if I he think can fill common. out the way that people hope he will and it's just it's a thing that people I mean as we get older we all fill out. Tyrese mm-hmm. has turned 21. Um De'Aaron Fox is 23. You see he looks pretty jacked. He, he does, on vacation yeah. he looked like he's yeah. he's bulking up. Um 
So if he can progress that way, the way we've kind of hoped Marvin Bagley could progress too, mm-hmm. um, I think you'll Fox and Tyrese is, is a formidable backcourt. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people feel that way just because of the fact that Tyrese can be that spot-up threat we hope that we, we want to keep Buddy for that very reason. Tyrese possesses the shooting ability, which I don't think many people thought he could coming in because of his I'll slow, raise my hand. His slow release, yeah. I think you had a pretty awful comparison hey, right. for him, but we won't. We won't. Um, it wasn't awful. I stand by it. You stand by it. I, do. I mean, what, the way that what you compared it to, but people will have to go do a deep dig for that one. Yeah. Um, deep. Deep dig. Deep cut. That one's buried. It's buried. We buried it. Forty uh, percent from three is is pretty impressive to me. He, he, he took a hundred. I'm sorry. He took three hundred three pointers. So it's not like That's oh crazy. he took fifty sixty threes. He took two hundred ninety six threes and he made one hundred twenty one. So. He definitely possesses the ability to be that spot-up threat the Kings mm-hmm. need. The release might need to get a little quicker, though, if you want him to be elite. Sure, yeah. Because defenses might catch on to him and put more pressure on him. I don't know the stats about if people pressured him more as the season went on. I mean, I could look at his game log, but um, I feel like he did kind of struggle in, in waves. He had a rookie wall for a little bit, then he kind of came out mm-hmm. of it. Um but I think he he had as good of a season you can have in the NBA in, for, in the first year. Yeah. And obviously, Lamelo Ball and Anthony Edwards were great, but uh, Tyrese, a lot more flashy players. Yeah, than those two. Tyrese is gonna Tyrese f- is not a flashy guy. I not, mean, not to say he doesn't have amazing highlights, but he's just not. Isn't naturally flary. No, he's not flary, and and you see, we've seen big plays from him that are flashy and mm-hmm. flary, and he he. He doesn't do it on a consistent basis, mostly mm-hmm. because of the fact that he does share a court with De'Aaron Fox. Yes. Uh, whereas Anthony Edwards played with Minnesota and D'Angelo missed most of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, LaMelo Ball controls the offense yeah. of Charlotte, and Gordon Hayward, who is the quote-unquote star yeah. of that team, didn't play for most of the season either. So with the only thing with Tyrese is his full potential, uh, kind of like the Clay Thompson, like not that he's Clay Thompson, but when you have a good player that's playing alongside the star of the franchise mm-hmm. and the guy who is the number one option, we have to kind of figure out what he's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think this year, if this is the kind of player he can be, and his assist numbers might go down a little bit because they did when he got moved into a starting lineup as a shooting guard with De'Aaron, um, his assist numbers kind of dropped. I think he was averaging six for most of the season, and he finished with five. Um, knocking down threes, playing defense, mm-hmm. that's the kind of player the Kings need. Yeah, They need a guy who's going to be 3 and D. And obviously, I'd like it to be Tyrese. Mm-hmm. So I think your thought, though, is... I know that you've been thinking about what... Yeah, I'm going to hold off on that just for a second. I just want to say that I think you saying that makes me think that... uh, Is there a chance that Monty McNair knew that this is Tyrese's game, which, of course, he did, um, and this led to him not wanting or feeling the need to bring back Bogdanovich? Because I feel like you describing Tyrese there really was just... I mean, that minus the defensive portion, which... I, th- I think we can all acknowledge Tyrese is already a better defender than Bogey. Um, but the 3 and D really having the sec- – him being the secondary ball handler I think is key. How he's going to play next to De'Aaron um, but still be able to have a, a complete off-ball game himself. Um, I just really like how it works hand-in-hand. Hand. My concern is, like we mentioned, is the weight. I, I'm not – entirely certain that having a deer and fox tyrese halliburton backcourt is is i don't i don't know what the word to use but well, it's not it doesn't make me feel 
necessarily great. De'Aaron's about, doing his part. He's, they're very good he, defenders. He's and bulking they are scrappy, up, but yeah. But De'Aaron's bulking up. Uh, we saw how well he did this season, getting into the paint and taking taking blows, and and uh, you know he's very good at falling, like mm-hmm. we've, we've said a couple times. Uh, Tyrese, he is twenty one, but he yeah. is going to have to bulk up because yeah, sure. I know what you mean. He's undersized. Uh, he's six five, one eighty five. Yeah. That's just he's got to get up to that two hundred mark. I and think. I'm not thinking but, regular season. You know, I'm, I'm thinking playoff games. Like if they're gonna, if especially Tyrese, because he that's something next season that I I am going to have to see if I really really am going to believe in Tyrese Halliburton as a future star, not maybe not superstar, but all star even. He's got to get to the basket. I think this year. He relied. I mean, and it's great that he has it in his locker. But his floater was amazing. But I think he he really used it as a crutch because he isn't big enough to really get to the rim and get his shot off and figure out how to how to make shots around the rim. And I think, you know, I I just think people are going to step up on him at some point, and he's going to have to figure out how to finish at the rim if he really wants to take his game to another level because he also was not getting to the free throw line last year. No, he he would attack on the floater, but um, most of his baskets at the rim were on the fast break. You know, he had a lot of fast break possessions, and, and, you know, the breakaway dunks were always fun to watch. But um, the mid-range is where he struggled the most. From 10 to 16 feet, uh, he was 43%. Now, 16 16 to 3 Took a couple steps back near the three-point line. 46%, obviously three-pointers. He shot 40%. But um, the mid-range, we didn't see him take too many mid-range shots. I'm looking at his shot, yeah. his shot I mean, that chart. that should go away anyway. There's a lot of white gaps here on this on the shot chart. So. You should look at Harrison Barnes' shot chart. If you want to see something glorious, that is completely removed of mid-range. He he was a he was a mid-range threat, too. And then he yeah. decided all of a sudden, oh, I'm just going to be three. And, it's inefficient. And three and in the paint. He read, uh, he read what's the book? Uh, Sprawl Ball by Kirk Goldsberry. Great book. It's about uh, modern basketball. About, about how the spacing. mid-range is a joke? It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It doesn't make any sense. Shoot threes. Just, just math-wise. Again, not a math podcast. but Three is better than two. Math-wise, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, three. The points per possession. I'm not to confirm, but three points is more than two. It is, it's, it is an entire point more. Okay. We'll have, to, we'll have to confirm. We'll have our best guys on that. We'll have producer Jay take a look when he gets back, but... Um. Yeah, Tyrese. I'm. I think you got to give him an A. I mean, there's oh, really yeah. he, like he was. He's going to be top three for rookie of the year at least. Um, he'll be all first he'll team all be first third. team all yeah. rookie. He'll be he'll finish third. I mean, I don't think he's going to finish ahead of Anthony Edwards or Lamelo. No, Ball, I wouldn't so. think so. Anthony Edwards' percentages are trash. Had, I don't even think he shot forty percent from the field. I think Tyrese had an avenue to rookie of the year for mm-hmm. a little bit, and then I think the injuries yeah. just came at the at the wrong time, and they, it it coincided with. Lamella Ball coming back and Anthony Edwards going on a just complete inferno <laughs> run, um, like he went he really off did, yeah. for a while. I think in the last two months, but um, you have to give him an A. You have to give him an A. And I I, I'm I'm fully on board with running him uh, back as the shooting guard for years to come. But I know you I have, have a question, question that people are going to hate. <sighs> Are they really? Are they going to hate it because it's such a good question that it makes them really consider? It's a real thing. If people, they, it's a real you thing. Know, like. Because I'm sorry, but let's just throw it out there here. So I've been uh, we've been talking. I think we talked about it last week uh, off air before the show. Um, and I just think this is a great thought experiment. So so please at least uh, at least play with humor, it. humor it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox, King's backcourt of the future. 
Um, we all have very high hopes for them. If you were presented with a trade request, Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox, for Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, A, how do you feel about it? B, how do the teams feel about it? I just think that that trade in particular, like, I wouldn't do because they're both over 30 now, I believe. And we're trading five, six, seven years of De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton for three or two or three of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. If it was like three years ago and De'Aaron and Tyrese were the same age, I probably would do it. Like, I probably would. I mean, why wouldn't I? It's a top five player in the league right now and Damian Lillard or top 10. And then CJ is, is one of the, the best wingmen in the league. And um, I think he had the best season of his career this year too, um, to my knowledge. But um, I think in my opinion, the only way I part with Tyrese Halliburton, the only way is if it's for a controllable player that's going to be here for a little bit. Like it'd be like a Bradley Beal type deal. Like I don't think I would include him in any other deal. CJ McCollum is 29, Damian is 30. I personally feel like this is really a question of if I mean would you rather have the bona fide, hey, we trade for these guys tomorrow. Yes, we know we're not a championship team based off of just these two guys because we've seen them run it back year after year, but we know that this is at least at least a playoff team. And two guys that we know what they are, we know what their skill sets are. De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton is we we see where that is going. We have thoughts about where that can go, but there's just not the guarantee of like, yeah, like these guys. If you run it with these two guys, it will be CJ and Dan. Like those two well, could never come close to. What, I mean, CJ and Dame are two. I mean, Damian Lillard is like top five MVP every single year of his career at this point. Not every year of his career, the past like three years of his career. This is a guy that, you know, De'Aaron Fox might be lucky to make like three or four all stars in the next five years or 10 years, I should say. Um, I, I just, I feel like when you're trading, I, I don't know. I, I would personally. I wouldn't do it because as a Kings fan, I am too invested in these guys at this point. And obviously, I just don't think that this is a realistic thing that would ever happen. But as a thought experiment, I just feel it's more meant to shed light on the fact that, yes, it is great that we have future. You know, future is always exciting and you can always hypothesize about the future. But that might not be as good as a bona fide thing. And I know that's taking nuance out of it. Like you said, they're 30 uh, about to be on the other, you know, like they, they are factually like we can have 10 years of De'Aaron or of Tyrese Halliburton before he reaches the age that they're at now. I think it'd be malpractice so to take the only things that work for the franchise right now. Like the only things that are working. But are they working? Because we have not made the playoffs. Like how is it working if we're bad? Because we trade two guys that are in their early 20s for, for two all-stars that are making like a combined like De'Aaron Fox is about to make a super max combined De'Aaron and Tyrese make like what 33 million 35 million combined e uh, yeah I don't know yeah what do Dame and CJ make combined that's the only thing it's like 
Like what we're gonna inject? I mean, we have say the Kings have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum on this roster. This roster. What what do we do then? How much room do we have then? Like we don't. We I mean, at that point, you have your stars. I just don't know if that team still makes it that far. I mean, that is that team any better than than Memphis even? Yeah, they yeah they just were. Who, they, the Kings, the, the Blazers, the Blazers just were better yeah, than. But the Blazers, I mean, the the Blazers have Nurkic nobody. And they, Norm, Norman Powell. They have Melo was good for them off the bench. Like yeah. the Kings have Terrence Davis and and no center. Yep, Mo Harkless. Yep. They've got, no, I mean, they still have trades. I mean, they could still trade Buddy Heald. They can still trade Harrison Barnes. They still have Marvin Bagley. There's still things that they can do with the roster. Obviously, I mean, putting Dame on the roster, it would make would make the Kings a better team. I'm not saying that putting taking De'Aaron Fox and putting Damian Lillard on would make them a better team. I'm just saying that's like one of those trades, if they were, and it would never would happen. Just so we're clear. Yeah. It's never going to happen. If you said the Kings were to trade De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton for two guys like that, I think it'd be one of those deals like where in three years we see Tyrese and De'Aaron like on Center every night is like the leaders of the 60-win Blazers with with Kenyon Martin Jr., who somehow became a star too. We just see these guys going crazy. I don't know. I just think that the only thing that's working for the Kings, which, yeah, they still stink, but the, the young core of the two guards that they have are the only thing that, like Buddy's 28, HB's 29. We don't have a center because Rashawn's probably going to make too much for the Kings to afford him. Um, I just think the only trade, and again, I just looked at Bradley Beal too. A Bradley Beal deal wouldn't work either because he has one year left on his deal. I had no idea. He yeah. has a player option for $37 million. Might be tough to turn down, uh, but I, I don't know. I don't see, it'd have to be a controllable player that's, not thirty in my in my opinion, unless the Kings make another move. If I mean, they... thirty is like hitting your prime at this point. Like if LeBron, LeBron's, I mean, LeBron is LeBron, but you know he's doing things into his. I mean, how old Steph? Well, Steph, Steph is thirty two, 30, right? Thirty three. So, so yeah, Steph's a good example. You know, if you have, if you can get four more years of Damian Lillard at that level, as opposed to De'Aaron Fox, who again, like I'm not saying De'Aaron's not amazing, isn't ridiculous. But if we're being realistic, De'Aaron Fox is not he, – he can maybe reach Damian Lillard level, which is obviously they're going to have different games. De'Aaron's never going to be the shooter uh, Lillard is. But maybe, you know, Fox can find himself in the top three-point guard in the league conversation. Maybe. But Damian Lillard already is that. Same with Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton, we don't – I think Tyrese is – to me, I can't figure out who his player comp is. A lot of people say C.J. McCollum. That could just be because of the the circumstance of him and him and Dame are the other two point guardy guards who play together and start together. I'm not entirely sure. C.J. McCollum is damn good, damn damn good. Yeah, he'll be making... I don't know if I don't know if Tyrese Halliburton will ever reach that. Maybe I mean C.J. McCollum in his first couple years in the league was was I wouldn't even say he was. I don't know if I can call him bad. He didn't really get much of an opportunity. No, he didn't. Uh, Five points a game, then six points a game. Then he went up to 20. Uh, It's one of those situations where we have to see where Tyrese goes in year two. Tyrese could come out next year and average 18 and 8. Like, we never know. Uh, But it's just the money, the Kings, from from a talent standpoint, taking on CJ and Dame, sure. But Dame... Makes thirty seven million. I think the next. I feel three like years. you're worried too much about the money now. We don't have like, any. Well, it's just because we don't I, have any. I mean, 
Okay, like we have none. Neither. Okay, yeah, that's, we don't. We don't have any money, but we have those two guys, and we still have options. I mean, we're getting too into the weeds about it, but well, like, that's a good conversation. I, oh, I just mean like you know, we can't. I can't then be like, well, we can then trade Harrison Barnes putting for the, the you know, it's like, yeah. no, it, it's look putting Dame on the team. We better. I'm just saying. Point is, I'm not trading Tyrese Halliburton unless it is a, a swing for the fences deal. Like that, I think that's the yeah. point we both can agree on. We're not going to trade him for some yes. for some B level. Mm-hmm. Uh, shooting Would you guard trade or them wing. for Steph Curry and Clay Thompson? Nah, De'Aaron Fox is a better shooter than both those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and that's the only reason why. I mean, if if it weren't for that, look, I'm happy with the core, the, the young core the Kings have, and De'Aaron and Tyrese. But if it was the right move. And like George Carl said, anyone's tradable. That is so. my bigger point as well. I mean, I feel like my bigger point is let's not get too attached to what we have just because we have it and it's ours. Let's let's like if we're really, really trying to figure this thing out, like no one needs to be off the table. No, I mean, I don't think I think everything's in play for sure. It's just I would imagine the Kings would will not include Tyrese in any deals because it'd have to just blow them away because I think a lot yes. of teams would say well, I would say the same thing about De'Aaron as well. Yeah, a lot of teams would call them like morons if they make a bad decision and trade yeah. him in a in a deal that's not for Yes. He needs Bonafide. a star needs to come back. So they, okay, how about this? Uh let's say the Clippers lose their next two games. Let's uh, Paul George is now available. Tyrese and the first round pick. First round pick and Marvin Bagley for Paul George. No. We've seen Paul. I mean, I don't think you. I don't think anyone. Pandemic. Will do that. Yeah, pandemic P. Yeah, that's probably play well though. We'll talk about. I do it for Kawhi. Oh, um, I do for Kawhi too. <laughs> I would trade. Uh, I would live in Alaska for Kawhi Leonard ever if the Kings got Kawhi Leonard, and I just would cover the Kings from you know from Alaska. So twenty four hour daylight there. You could probably there is get a lot of stories out per day. I could. On the clock always. Um, is that no? We have one more. We have one more. I almost forgot about Technically two him. more, but. The the big one. Oh yeah, that's right. Technically two more. You're Technically right. Two oh, we more. are doing two more. Um, J- not Jemias Rams. Jemias is Jemias last. is last. Uh, Terrence Davis, who is a guy we've we've talked about a lot because he could be the replacement for Buddy Heald. They're mm-hmm. similar skill sets. Um, that was probably the best move of the deadline by Monty yeah. McNair because they brought him in. Oh, well, I mean Delon Wright. Second round pick. Delon Wright has been great too. Delon Wright. That's a robbery. Delon honestly, Wright yeah. was awesome. Uh, especially we know that DeLon Wright can play. If they do want to run mm-hmm. um, Tyrese on the bench next season, which I don't know why they would do that because mm-hmm. DeLon did better. Anyways, um, Terrence Davis is a guy who can be your bench spark mm-hmm. plug. He provided the Kings with a big boost down the stretch. He had a couple of games where he scored 25, 26 points. Um, finished the season with the Kings, 11.1 points per game, 44% from the field, 37% from three-point range. Uh, one steal per game. He had some. I think he had a game where he had like five or six steals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That might have that might have boosted him a lot. He had one game. I think it was a Spurs game where he just went like crazy with steals. Uh, the Spurs game, which the Kings needed to make the play in. Um, he had twenty four points, three steals. He was huge in that game. I remember though. Um, yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Terrence? I really Davis? like Terrence. Um, I think he. Provide, I mean, like you said, he's, he provided a spark off the bench, um, which I think the Kings could really use moving forward. I think they they need 
guys who honestly just come in with irrational confidence. I can't think of the last irrational confidence guy the Kings have really had where he just comes in off the bench and you know he's gonna he's gonna at least try and score. You know, just he's, he's just yeah, he's gonna come in and kind like Lou Williams where he comes in and he goes, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna get mine. Like yeah. I'm gonna get my buckets. For and- sure. And is Terrence Davis Lou Williams? No, he's not. Not uh, well, at least not yet. Let's not forget. I forget a lot that Terrence Davis is still in his second year. Very, very young player. Like, if this was a guy that the Kings had drafted, and like if Justin James was playing as well as Terrence Davis was, we would be losing we'd be over our. The, minds. We'd be over the moon. Kings fans would say, "Oh my God, yeah. he's like, he's like the next Bobby Jackson." Mm-hmm. Which I put a tweet out during the season that I thought Terrence Davis had some Bobby Jackson energy because yeah, he just does not stop. He's no. always going. Yep. And not afraid to shoot. I mean, like yeah, he chucks. I think I think that's just kind of the player that he is. He's just unafraid of of every. He'll take. I've, I I feel like it's been a while since we've watched Kings basketball. Man, it really does feel like that now. Um, but I do remember like him taking on some some defensive assignments that I was like, man, like he's really he's really going to guard the team's best player right now. Um, and I by no means do I mean Terrence Davis is a good defender, but even the fact that he's willing to take that challenge on, I, I really like. Well, you look at his the game log. I mean, over the past that stretch of games where they went, I think four and one, uh, he had one steal, three steals, two steals, two steals, three steals. He if he he's playing alongside up. Delon, right? With those kind of numbers, I mean, the Kings might lead the league in steals, no joke. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, with him, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese, and, and I would say Terrence DeLon. Davis is a better defender than Buddy Heald mm-hmm. already. Yeah, uh, and I'd say between De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese, and Delon Wright, um, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese, Terrence, yeah, I think everybody, um, those guys they have on the roster right now under contract. I'm told totally I'm okay with that. With that. Yeah, uh, Terrence Davis is a restricted free agent. The Kings are going to have the right to match any offer. Uh, I would imagine that Monty McNair brought him in with the idea he's going to be here more than one half a season because he was making one point whatever million. I think the most the Kings can offer him was like four million. Um, I would even be willing to pay him that. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. think he's worth up to five to six at this point. With the, I mean, you take all the the the, the yuck out of it and you just focus on the player. Like I, I think his numbers warrant. Us another chance. Yeah, I mean the off the court stuff is going to be an issue. That people talk about for yeah ever probably. Yeah. It's just going to be something that's going to ho- hover over him forever. He made a horrible mistake. Um, as a basketball player, the organization will have to figure out if that's yeah. going to be something they want to to commit to for more than ha- this half season. Uh, my prediction is that they will. Yeah. I think I think that they, Monty McNair, pretty much stole him from. From Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Same thing with Dawn Wright. Monty McNair, I think people don't talk about how good of a job he did at the deadline to bring in those three veterans yeah. and DeLon, Terrence Davis, and Mo Harkless because those guys literally kept the team afloat mm. for that last final stretch that they would be out of the play-in race completely yep. if it wasn't for those three guys. And Terrence Davis was a huge part of that. So um, I'm going to give him a B+. Plus. B+. Plus. Uh, I, I think that he can be a guy if they, the Kings do move Buddy Heald. He could really benefit from more minutes, and I'm okay with running him out there because they have a similar mm-hmm. skill set. Uh, streaky shooters, and he's not as good of a shooter as Buddy Hill, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. He's not the shooter Buddy is. No one is in the league except for only a handful of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a guy I'm happy and I'm comfortable with rolling him out there as a backup two guard. I completely agree with everything you said, down to the grade. I I would give him a B plus. I think. <clears throat> I mean, if we're talking off expect like 
a day after we trade him, I am expecting absolutely nothing, and I would give him a, an A off of off of what was expected versus reality because I think there was like three or four games where he scored over twenty five points. Um, I think he had two thirty point games throughout the season. Like those are. Those are not easy to. I mean, obviously, Lewis King had twenty seven, and, and Justin, Justin James had a thirty point game. But yeah. that should not shade from the fact that it's not easy to score thirty points in a in national an NBA, basketball yeah, in a national basketball game, association yeah. game regulation game, uh, and he was able to do it on on multiple occasions and made it look pretty easy within the offense. And like was hit like I mean to to your point of being streaky Tough shots he was like eleven of or eight well, of eleven dude, those games like he was you know he was he does on that we talked about Tyrese could do a little more of mm-hmm. he drives the paint he does he goes yeah. right to the rack yep. he's and very that's aggressive. something that Buddy does not do at all Buddy no. might be the worst finisher at the rim I've seen since Ben McLemore like Ter- he really is terrible Terrence Davis was kind of out of control in those situations sometimes like yeah. he he had a couple that were really yeah. nice and, and and pretty and fun to watch. He had a couple where he was just out of control, and he plays spin a and, little bit like a football player. A little, yeah, <laughs> like a, a little, little bit. Yeah. But I love the energy. I love the motor on him, and, and uh, I think the Kings are gonna. I would expect them to bring him back. Yeah. I, he might get more interest in the market, so we'll yeah. see what happens. He but, definitely sticks out when um, he plays too. Which yeah, is something he's, like he's, he's not just he's fast fading. as hell too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like him. On to the last shooting guard, uh, Jamias Ramsey, yeah. who really didn't play much this season. Um, I'm going to give him an incomplete just yeah. off the bat. I think we both are kind of in mm-hmm. agreement with that. Uh, I will say that the last two games of the season, though, he finally got some run. Uh, after playing, I think, five ga- minutes was the most he'd played in a game. He had five minutes was the most amount of minutes he'd played. Um, he played in 30 minutes against Memphis. He had 10 points, which is a career high. Uh, and then the next day against Utah, he had 12 points, a new career high. Um the shooting in his limited, very limited sample size, he was 39% from the field, 26% from three. Um, I think when he came in, though, it was it was kind of just garbage time every, every instance, and he was just kind of trying to get some buckets, late-night buckets. So um, G League, he was injured in the bubble, didn't get much run there either. Incomplete. Summer League is going to be his time to shine, though. It'll be uh, Robert Woodard, Jamias Ramsey, um, whoever the Kings draft in the draft, unless they move the draft pick. Um, hey now, hey now. Uh, one week from today, by the way, everybody. One the week lottery. from today, Correct. the NBA draft lottery. So mark your calendars. Five thirty p.m. Uh, ESPN, I believe, will be will be providing the telecast. Um, we will be standing by if the Kings make any you know big jump. Um, but yeah, Jemias Ramsey. I mean, there's not much really we can't talk about. Just mm-hmm. gonna, we have to wait and see. Still, I know he was good in college, but we have to wait and see. Yeah, I think uh, Jemias. An interesting prospect. I, I like the fact that they took him. He's, I think, he's nineteen coming out or coming into the league. He just turned twenty uh, six days ago. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I remember him. We shouted him out on Sports Eleven Forty, and he he gave some love back. He did. He did. Thanks, Jemias. Shout out, Jemias. Um, very much incomplete on the season. He looks to me to be like a pretty heavily streak shooter. Uh, I don't. I don't think he'll ever. You know. I don't think he'll think like a Jordan Poole. I mean, Jordan Poole played out of his mind this year. Jordan so maybe Poole's, not even, maybe Jordan not even Poole's Jordan Poole. excellent. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it's just his his Twitter name, at new and improved JR. But I really do see a lot of JR Smith in him where it's like he's either going to be hot as hell 
or he's going to shoot like 35% from the field and just be like, oh my God, this guy, like get him off. I'm hoping he can eventually reach that point where he's he's at least getting those kind of minutes. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even, there's not even really anything to say. We've I think he, early in the season, he had, I remember a pocket pass that people went crazy about where he like dumped it off to, I think, Chemezi and people were like, oh my God, can he also play make? We don't know. We don't know. Like you said, summer league will be huge for him. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And co- I, I, there's not really anything to say. And he only played one season in college. Yeah, he was, he, a he was pretty, big, pretty decent for a freshman. Also, he was a, Big Twelve Rookie of the Year. He was all freshman. He was all Big Twelve. He had a great college season um, at Texas Tech, and it, it just it's just you never know because college numbers don't really mean anything mm-hmm. once you get to the NBA. They really don't. Um, but 15 points a game and and 42% shooting from three-point range in college. Yeah. I think he possesses the ability, and we saw it a little bit in his limited, very limited sample size mm-hmm. at the end of the season. But, again, summer league, which those numbers don't mean much anything, but just mm-hmm. seeing him play in those big minutes and getting some run against other professional players or other uh, high-level college players uh, will be big for him because right now he's a question mark. Mm-hmm. Same with Bob Woodard. Those are the guys we need to keep an eye on this summer, this training camp. Because, as we know about some of these rookie deals, they're not always guaranteed after the first year yep. or at all. So Yeah, or at all. Um, two things, two last yeah. things about Jemias. One, like, very, very underrated how ripped he is. Like, yeah. he's 20 years old. You just say he's, he, he was 19 all season. He might have been like, I mean, I'm just going to, I'll just, power forwards and centers excluded. He was probably like... I mean, this is a subjective thing. Like the third most ripped dude on the team, yeah, he was yoked. Like, I mean, he's he's in really really good shape and could really, if he by the time he's twenty three or something, can be a really big body. That'll be something really interesting that I did not expect. He's Second a, thing, go ahead. Six three one ninety. I mean, for for ref in damn for reference though, yeah. I mean, Tyrese is six five one eighty five. Yeah, so he's allegedly a, allegedly, but uh, no, he he is he's a yeah. NBA size body. So is yeah. Bob Woodard. I yeah. mean. Monty McNair picking the guys. Yeah, who <laughs> Monty McNair's got have a tight. Some size. Yeah. Uh, second off, how are we feeling about Jemias's hair? I like it. The little XX and Tentacion. You know who that? The, I do. The dude, yeah. I, I, I do. Um, look at me. Yeah. Are you naming uh, the deep the the hits? That's. I mean, I was just gonna say the lyrics, and then I remembered. The I like lyrics it. are bad. I mean, he's from that that era, that generation. He is definitely from that generation. When, when, he's the first person I've seen in when the XX Tentacion passed. I think he was probably like what fifteen. Probably like. In high school, yeah, maybe like 15, 16, 17. He, he just turned twenty, and I think yeah. that was about four or five years ago. I can't so. remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But he was from that. We're getting old, Chris. Yeah, was, we are. I know. He was like, born in two thousand one. Was he born? Oh, so pre nine eleven. That's crazy. Pre nine eleven. That's yeah, crazy. That's just crazy because I my my cousin. Uh, I feel like nine eleven for me is like the first like big day in my yeah, life where like I can first sure definitely. Like, rem- I was. I remember six it. at the time. Like so. we became self aware. I was yes. seven. That I was seven, and my cousin is seventeen. Uh, almost 18 she's graduated high school and i was asking her about like you know do they, do they talk about 9-11 in school and yeah. she's like oh yeah but like none of us were alive for it and i was like damn none of you were alive for it yeah. we're just getting old yeah. so yeah old as hell. He, he's an 01 baby um uh, I, I i i'm okay with the hair though i think it's fine um i just i i see it and i'm like he he also like looks a lot like xx he looks like a ripped version of xx tentacion which which trips me out a little bit it really does um, but yeah, no, those are, those are the two things that I know that's <laughs> I a, most noticed about Jemias this season. It's a big takeaway. Yep. 
ripped like and his he has hair. He that does. Interesting. Confirmed. Those are two facts. Um, you Sources can, confirmed yep, he has hair. So you can't get that kind of coverage anywhere else except for here on the Return no. of the Roar podcast. Make sure to uh, tell your friends that you heard it here first. Confirmed. I just confirmed with the source. He does have hair. Uh, do we want to do some uh, some playoff talk? Yeah, we'll playoff we're talk we're about off. 55 minutes in here. Which how did that happen? I don't know. We always say <laughs> we always say like oh, it won't be that long today. We just have the shooting guards and and, and it turns into an hour. So for those of you that stuck around to hear Chris and I ramble, argue about, yeah. uh, I feel like today I trades. rambled more than usual. I felt less prepared. No, you're fine. Fine. Who cares, man? Give the people what they want. <laughs> they just uh, want to hear me. It's fine. They do. I mean, it's it's a podcast. What we we'll do is talk, and we're gonna talk. That's all we're doing now. We're just talking. Having conversations. Um, so as you mentioned, I mean, we don't need to touch on the uh, the Phoenix Suns series much because we touched well, on it at three the beginning series, of this. But. Three series are tied 2-2. Yes. One series, which we embarrassingly just whiffed on, was the, the Suns. The Suns are already on a break. They're just hanging out. CP3 is having plenty of time to rest that shoulder after sweeping uh, the Nuggets in four. MVP. Um, so it comes down to who we got. The last three series here, they're both two, two or all three are 2-2. Two, two. Uh, Utah Clippers. How do you feel about that one? I think the Clippers are going to take this one. Yeah, I think it's looking that way. The Clippers seem to have figured something out, especially with Mike Conley out. I just don't think, I just don't think Donovan Mitchell can carry carry a team like that. I don't even want to say yet. Last week I just said that you're doubling down. Bro, last no, week I'm you telling you, like it's yeah. I, I probably missed. I, I I made it seem like last week. I just have an issue with Donovan Mitchell being their best player and like having the ball in his hands all the time. The real issue is just towards the end of the game, especially he just needs another ball handler in his hand because he literally just tries to do it all. Well, he's no Conley. fault of his own. He, exactly. He just Conley. needs Mike Conley. He needs someone else to divert the defense or divert the defense's attention away from him because they have shooter. I mean, to have Bogdanovich just on the corner ready to fire, like that's a real asset. And, and Rudy has played a ama- Jingles. I, I could not, yeah, Jingles too. I could not believe that Rudy Gobert is playing as well as he has. I mean, it, it's probably fool on me, but I've always viewed Rudy Gobert as a pretty, you know, he's a great regular season player. Obviously, is amazing um, defensively, but during the playoffs, I think he's a player that has shown to just not have that much of an impact. Sure, uh, when he's on the floor, you can it, it makes it tough to go at the rim, and I think we saw that the first two games of of the series, but. When he's off the floor, it's been e- well. A, it's been easy to take him off the floor because you just isolate him and make him have a really bad time, which is kind of what the Clippers have tried to do with uh, with that whatever Morris twin they have playing center now. Uh, they try and pull him out so that Gobert doesn't stick Marcus. in the paint. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm very long winded right now, and I just I think. I just think the Clippers have figured it out, well, and Cole, they're if, really killing him. Kawhi and Kawhi another level and playoff slash pandemic P. If they're yeah. both locked in at the same time, that's what the Clippers envisioned when they made that yeah. deal. Is this right now? Yeah, two thirty-five thirty. Yep. Like, I that's impossible in my opinion to to to, yeah, to overcome. From, yeah. So again, if Mike Conley comes back, maybe I'll regroup and and have to look at it. Again, mm-hmm. but as long as Mike Conley's out, I think the Clippers and the Clippers are playing damn well right now. Yeah. I think it's going to be Clippers and six. I think the Clippers just went out. Yeah, I was going to say it's really feeling like Utah kind of has lost all momentum, and I, I just I don't see that they would have to win their next game for sure. But if going down three two, I just I don't think there's any way. Just I think it's over. Think about this for a minute. Think about it. Think about this. One of these teams will be in the NBA Finals. The Utah Jazz, the LA Clippers. 
yeah. or the Phoenix Suns. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it though because those are the three best teams in the West, in my opinion. It's just it's crazy to me. So, yeah, injuries are. I don't know how I feel about the fact because NBA has been the league that has had the least amount of parity of all the major sports leagues. It's pretty much if you're not the Celtics, if you're not the Lakers, if you're not LeBron James, Tim Duncan, um, then you're not winning pretty much. I mean, yeah. or the Pistons or the Bulls, obviously in the nineties, but uh, there's, there's no chances for the Utahs who have had countless good teams. The Suns who have had fun teams throughout the times, the Kings, obviously Clippers um, who are, and the Clippers, are, I mean, who, they're still like yeah. kind of like the, they, I don't know. Have they ever made it the conference finals? Uh, no. Oh, maybe like as the San Diego, Cl- yeah, they, but they Clippers never, they never did with no. the Lob City teams. No, not with Lob City. No, they and got close and then they lost to uh, like Houston. Going to the next series, that's kind of like what one of the biggest caveats about Doc Rivers is that he mm-hmm. can't, you know, he he won with the Celtics, yeah. but when it comes down to how he did with the the Clippers mm-hmm. and now with Philly, yeah. conference finals are that big hurdle and. Um, as we can see with the Philly and Atlanta series, last night's game was a lot of fun. Atlanta yeah. evened it up with a Joel Embiid who does not look 100%. It's 2-2 right now. Yeah, yeah, very scary. Uh, for Philly, they're they're living and dying through Joel, man, and God bless him because he. I can't imagine how much pain he's, he's in. Um, that meniscus is no joke, and for him to be still putting up 40-point games like he is, being maybe – I would argue he's been at least top three players in this playoffs, I would say, besides Luka, who set the world on fire, and, you know, KD, I think, has been great. But Kawhi. Um, Kawhi, for sure. Uh, but for, for, for Joel to be playing how he has, just big ups to him, because if he's not playing that well – I think Atlanta is up 3-1 right now. And, I mean, I honestly, if Joel's not going to be healthy, it's going to be – they can probably take a game at home, but I see this one going seven. I can see it going seven. I think Philly – I could see Joel sitting a game out just yeah. to get a little rest. But, but can they sit, can he sit out the next game? If no. they go down 3-2, it's kind of like what, are you going to be – Well, you, well but. it's kind of what we're going to talk about with the Brooklyn series, too, mm-hmm. how we can see if James Hart you know, mm-hmm. maybe sits out a game, but – uh, I do think it's going to be very problematic if if MB has to miss time. But yeah. I could also see them going up three two and then resting him just in case because the meniscus is it's a tough injury yeah. and it's it's one that isn't just going to heal itself. You have to have surgery; it has to be fixed. Um, so yeah, if he's not one hundred percent tough, but I still think that the uh, Sixers they figured it out. I'm not as confident. I'm really not like I I am really afraid of this Atlanta team. Their offense is is just explosive. Like there's there's points where they can go on twenty to two runs in four minutes, and it's just insane with the amount of shooters they have. It does really suck that uh, what's his name uh, DeAndre Hunter's out because I think at that point the series kind of is over. But I don't know. I I, I think it's not going to be easy. And if Joel is going to be injured and can't put up his thirty to 40 points, it's going to be really, really tough for the Sixers to find those points uh, because Ben Simmons isn't isn't going to give them 25 anytime soon. And, and uh, Dwight Howard can give them 30 a night. Dwight has played well. Has I've played been well. very surprised. Like, I, I thought last year was kind of just like Dwight on the perfect team and, like, he was the JaVale McGee where it's like, oh, oh well, wasn't JaVale McGee on the Lakers last year too? Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> insane. Where the yeah, they're just like, yeah, we can play him because we're so good that we can afford to, and he kind of does something for it us. It was a redemption year for him year last year, year, which is cool to see him go yeah. back to, to the Lakers and yeah. win a championship, which is what people thought was going to happen. I back asked in- you about Jamias's hair. How are we feeling about Dwight's hair? His like <sighs> mohawk dreads it's that are like. We were just so Sticky. used. He looks like he looks like a seven footer now. We were so used to like the the when he was Superman, like yeah. back in when we were yeah. in high school, kept and stuff it like that. real the, clean, the, the the high and tight, just mm-hmm. the shaved head yeah. look. I mean, almost like a military look. Just yeah. that was like the look I envisioned when I think about Dwight Howard. But now he's um, gone complete he's changed, opposite. He, he's <laughs> yeah. changed his identity. He's not the the high flying starting center anymore. He sure he's, is not. He's the bench kind of. He comes in, though, and he gives productive minutes. He does. It's a different player. Yeah. But it's, it's like he's in two different careers. Like, yeah, I had is... completely forgotten. They mentioned during the broadcast last night, he played for the Hawks. I completely forgot about that whole season. He went to the Hawks. Made, and like, he, $20 million. He also played for Washington for a minute, like, he for did. a cup of yes, coffee. Don't forget Charlotte. Charlotte, that's right. Hey, he did play for, golly, Dwight Howard, get your money. Future Hall of Famer, Future Dwight, Hall Howard, of Famer Dwight Howard, get your money, get your son. Money. So, what, you think Atlanta Jeez. and seven? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I've Next time feel- we talk, the series is going to be over. It's going to be over, and it's gonna, Philly are gonna, Philly's just going to win 4-2. It's going to be a wrap. No, but I can see Atlanta. Atlanta's I, fun. Atlanta, I, funny enough, I I find myself rooting for Atlanta, but I really just is it the, feel like— The bogey effect? I don't think it is, because actually when bogey shoots, I'm like— That's not going in. Yeah, like I, I've— Well, it happened last night. He missed a, yeah. a, big, a big three down the stretch, and then guess who hit the big shot? John Collins. Yeah. Yeah. Who was like I having love, a horrible love me night? Some John Collins, though. John the Baptist, big fan. Yeah, big big fan. Uh, can I say this about Bogey? I, I, I don't want to. It's a hot like take. A, it's not a hot take. It's just uh, I feel like people think of him as like a knockdown shooter, and he's pretty streaky. He's he's fairly like thirty six, thirty seven percent. I would not call him yeah. a knockdown shooter. No, if people think he's a knockdown yeah. shooter, that I mean. Yeah. You got to reassess. He's not a knockdown shooter. Well, the way, especially the national media has been talking about him this postseason, is just well. like people are like Bogdanovich signing. Man, this this Bogdanovich signing is great. Like it's it's changed the Hawks completely. And I'm like, I'm, Bogey's probably been their third second best. or third best yeah. offensive option for sure. But to act like he's he's not automatic a centerpiece. He's a very of their good, he's a good player, or, but yeah. he's not he's not automatic. No. Now, yeah, I would also still like to see him play make more. We've also, I know that's Trey Young. We've watched him too much because I think when people see him spot up to shoot, Definitely, they think yeah. it's going. Mm-hmm. They, they think like he's a Euro. It's going in. Yeah, <laughs> he's a European shooter. I know it's going like, in. We've seen enough bogey to, when he has a wide open look. Like, oh, yeah. it's. I never would think. Oh, it's going to go in. Yeah, it's like when even Buddy was here too. Like when Buddy had an open look, I used to think like a year ago. Oh, it's going in, and now it's like, oh, is it? Like because he's kind of streaky, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Bogey's had a very good run. Um, he does add to though that that lineup, which has a lot of scoring threats. Even yeah. like you know you have Gallinari, you have Lou Williams, John Collins, Clint Capella's been really good yeah. for them. Uh, obviously, Trey Herter. Young, Herter's been Herter's good, been man. good for them. Um, it, it's just anyone but Solomon Hill. I, I do think that if Joel Embiid's on the floor, Philly still has a shot, even if he is playing with yeah. one leg. So that is, I'm sticking with yeah, them seven. I agree with that. If Joel's on the floor. They definitely have a chance because speaking of uh, of one leg on the floor, man, there's only one start. Well, James who's Harden's go- supposed to play. Today, who's going but, to be on the floor yeah. tonight? Yeah, yeah. Con- confirmed just a little bit ago. Um, also confirmed, Kyrie Irving is out for the rest of the series. The rest of the series. Rest wow. of the series, according to Woj. Oh, that guy's the, a schmuck. He the Nets are prepared about. to be without Kyrie Irving for the rest of the playoff series against the Bucks. Mm. So that changes things. Two two. 
Uh, a lot game, of Mike James. Mike James came game five tonight. Who do you have for the rest of the series? Yikes. Uh, you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead and start. Get, put, put some thoughts in my head. Milwaukee in seven. Okay. I still have a hard time going against Brooklyn. They're not 100%. They're not. They're not. And no, Kyrie's out for the rest of the series. James Harden's coming back. James Harden is only You just playing. take out one and insert another. James Harden's only playing tonight because I think the training staff, like they said, hey, Kyrie is like, he's got a very, very Definitely. badly sprained ankle. Sure. He's done. And I guess James Harden's like, oh, I'm about to get dogpiled on if oh, I if force he doesn't my way play, out of Houston yeah. <laughs> and we're going to get tossed in the second round. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, after taking, I think they're up two zero. <laughs> it's 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 bad. Yes, it is bad. I I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I guess it is. I think when healthy, and that's a big when healthy. And I I would say he's he's played pretty healthy so far. So I, I would consider him at health right now. Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA, and I Kevin Durant has not had the chance to show what the Kevin Durant show looks like by just himself. He's always had, I mean, for the past, what has it been, five years now? Yeah. He's had some amazing, ridiculously talented teammate to dish the ball to, which he still will tonight with with James Harden. But if James is going to be limited, I really, really, really want to see what a 45-point Kevin Durant performance looks like and what that does for his team. That would be fun. That'll because, be fine. That'll be good for, that's good because for the game. if that fool is like, if he goes, whatever, eight of fifteen from three, I don't know, whatever. If he hits a ridiculous amount of threes, I again, I just think that dude's the best player in the world, and I think that does things for his team that I, I would. I'm just very intrigued with seeing. And uh, for though for that reason, I'm going to put all my chips in on Kevin Durant, not necessarily the Nets. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say Nets and Nets and seven. I think it goes seven either way. I, I, it's tough for me to see, I could see someone winning two in a row. I could see it. Two in a row? I could see it on both sides. Okay. I could. Because I could see James Harden coming in, not missing a stride, us being like, wow, remember when we thought like they were going to struggle? That was crazy. And then they just like yeah. washed literally the rest of the playoffs. We like, don't know how bad his hamstring yeah. injury is. No, maybe it no, wasn't that bad. Know. And they are just yeah. like, hey, we're up 2-0. Let's just mm-hmm. kind of hold off on him because yeah. maybe we're going to Until sweep. we need him. Yeah. And now they need him. And mm-hmm. they know that Kyrie has like an actual like pretty severe Real, yeah. ankle sprain. So he's probably like, oh, yeah. we're going to maybe lose a series. I guess I should probably just, you know, yeah, lace up. They also do need – I mean, this, the, Joe Harris has to show up at some point. Yeah. Like, homeboy has been – I think he – no, he was top three uh, in three-point percentage at the end of the year. He shot above 45% from three this season. Like, he has been awful, like awful this series, and Who, he needs to show up. Who's in that Karras-Levert trade? Who originally went back to Brooklyn in that – Karis Levert deal. Is it Oladipo? No, that was in the Harden. That was a Harden trade. That was, he was so. A, you're saying f- from Karis yeah, ending up because they, they could use a guy like Levert, but then I realized they gave up Levert for Harden. Because then, then, yeah. then Houston traded Levert yeah. to Indiana for Oladipo. So, but I'm just saying like they need another guy off the bench. Like they need that kind of like scoring threat. They need that other yeah, score. They, yes, they, they definitely need it. somebody who is. I mean, like we like, James, we need someone I mean, who's the ir- irrational confidence Joe guy. Joe Harris, yeah, Blake I mean, Griffin. They could use an Austin Rivers right now or something like use, that. You know, they could use an Austin Rivers who lit up Portland. Yeah, but um, it'll be fun. I like how it's going to be a lot of good basketball. I mean, this weekend's going to be pretty 
they're all going at least six now. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. that's always good for me because mm-hmm. I have nothing else going on in my life <laughs> than watching playoff basketball. Because like we talked about, my baseball team is absolute trash. Um, but yeah, should be some good uh, good times this week. Good times, can't wait. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. If there's any juicy storylines that we're not covering here, I think that's kind of it, man. Like. Who do you uh, who do you have? Do you think uh, who do you have as your finals right now? If you had to say, f- where are you leaning for your finals? Again, these are hot takes, and I've told my friends this the other day too, and they really think I'm an idiot, and I don't care. I just I really feel <laughs> it. Uh, finals are gonna be Clippers Bucks. I yeah, I mean, there's I think the Clippers for sure. I it's definitely starting to feel like the Clippers. Are the are the best team in the West? Some people are coming around that now. Some people that I've talked about that have seen the last two games. Go, oh, well, they could. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if if again, if Paul George and Kawhi are both locked in, they're not going to lose. But mm-hmm. that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it'll the the Phoenix Clipper series will be interesting. Not because I think it'll go six or seven games, but if I don't know why, I just feel like if that backcourt, if Chris Paul and Devin I, and Chris Paul has not put up a performance like he did in game, si- 30, game four, 35 thirty five points, and yeah, like thirteen assists, he had like legitimately no three point attempts either, which is in thirty four points well, off of no threes. Speaking of the mid range, which for Chris yeah. Paul, it's not, it's not, it's a not joke, dead at all. His, it's <laughs> no. deadly. Yeah, and I think he was like twelve of nineteen from the field. His so mid range little step back, ridiculously are, efficient. Uh, but if Chris Paul and Devin Booker can get off like that through the entire series. I'd imagine they'll probably put Kawhi or Paul George on Devin Booker, but if Devin is still able to get his points and Chris Paul can contribute whatever his 15 and get 12 assists and get everyone going, I think that could be a legitimate series. I just, I don't see that happening. And I think, (laughs) I I do think the Clippers probably will take it. Uh, Yeah. If I had to go, I would probably, I'd still probably say Clippers Bucks or Clippers uh Clippers Nets. Clippers Nets. But I do think the Bucks are probably I, I I think whoever wins this series between the Bucks and the Nets are, are, is is going to take it. I agree. The, with so that. the whole thing. I do agree with that. I think yeah. that um whoever wins a Philly and I mean, if Joel Embiid's not healthy, it's tough for me to imagine yeah. him winning, you yeah. know, 10 more games. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's really that's really really tough for for Great him point. so at least um, 10 games. Which is a bummer, because I think yeah. if Joel Embiid no was fully healthy, they could be the team that's a favorite to go to the Eastern Conference uh, mm-hmm. Finals and then go to the Finals. But it's um, it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards. Yeah. No, I agree completely. Um, but, yeah, you know, we were completely wrong last episode, so I'm sure next week we'll come back and everything we said will be off the uh, – well, I guess one of us has to get the Milwaukee Brooklyn series right, but we'll we'll see the uh, the Utah Jazz in the in the finals. Yeah, against the Hawks. That'll That's be something great. Happen. That will be great. Adam Silver, good job, buddy. Uh, for Frankie Cardicelli, I'm Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening. Bye bye.